Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw a spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of fictional worlds, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, N-E-R-D-G-O-B-L-I-N, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ethan. On this episode, we'll be discussing the mail or other forms of information transfer. Communication. Communication. But slow communication. Yeah, but we really, we, we, the mail is just more fun. I just think I love talking about the mundanity of life in different contexts. Like, how would you get, like, who saw Instacart come, right? And just thinking about that, even from the perspective, I, I mean, for fuck's sake, Mass Effect has email. It's 700 years in the future. Right. right. And like, it's, and, and it's have, email. Yeah, it's email. Right. I, I just, yeah. I, I just am obsessed with this shit and cannot stop thinking about, like, if magic existed, what would that mean for, like, if if you had a world where, you know, in, in D&D, there's that cantrip message, right? Where, granted, there are size, there are, there, there are, there are distance limitations, but you can just telepathically communicate with someone. Do you need mail in that case? They still do have postal services. In Harry Potter, you can apparate, and they still use owls, which... Let us never forget, Brennan Lee Mulligan reminds us, is the worst bird to use for mail carrying. Yeah. I I mean, never look to Harry Potter for the, like, sound world-building logistics. That's not what she did. She's good at world-building from a thematic and, uh, like, memorable standpoint. It's got a vibe. Yeah, it's got, like, a very memorable vibe, yeah, and we yeah. all know that. And I think, I think it was Brennan who said, like... Oh, we we all know where our fucking Patronus is. Uh, so, <laughs> what house we'd be in? Yeah, so like that, it's good from that, but it's terrible from legit because we like yeah we're all like why are they using owls? That are you makes a no Ravenclaw? sense. I'm Ravenclaw. I'm Ravenclaw. Yeah. What are you a Slytherin or some shit? No, no, you're Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, I am the Hufflepuff. Yeah, I know. I've uh, been referred to as the consummate Hufflepuff. Well, good for you. Yeah. When I think about ways to transfer information in a magic system, I really love, and I did this in a. Like, I was just world building on something and like magic items, and I came up with this idea that I really like it latched, I latched onto it and I loved it. And I've, I've since put it aside was like um, having essentially teleportation for mail. So, having like it was like you would get a bracer that had like runes inside of it. Hmm. And when somebody needed to send you a message, they would stuff a little message into their bracer, and it was like a little pocket uh, teleporter. And it would just teleport it to your bracer. But it only worked if it was thin enough as a sheet of paper. It's like ethereal fax. Yeah. It's basically, basically a fax machine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fax machine where they actually physically move the right. item. Um, You're faxing someone a piece of paper. Yeah. And I really liked that for some reason. Um, I, I think that's great. Well, and I think it's fun to think about because... Think about all the different ways that we have to send information right now. We have uh -huh. snail mail. We have email. We have text message. We have fax. FaceTime. We have fax. We have... We have... I mean, think about the, just the number of messaging services you can use on your phone. Right. WhatsApp and... Signal and, and, Signal and Facebook Messenger exactly. and uh, regular text message. And you can still get on email. You can go on Reddit and direct messages. Completely. In, like Snapchat, Instagram. Everything's got a messaging service baked into it. And so, but there's still a difference in the way that you're communicating somebody. We also hilariously did not mention phone calls, which is I think we're funny. I think we're doing written message or written but But, but, but yeah. here's my point, right? Okay. Because there are so many things. What you're trying to communicate and how will determine the message that you're like, there are things that like, you will say, I can't talk about this. I need to write this down. 
Yeah. I need to get my thoughts together and send you an email or write you or like there is a personal yeah. effort. Ooh. There's there's meaning in handwriting a letter or a postcard. Well, and there's sometimes where it's like, um, and you know this, of like, I hate to text. I, and I do, if you ask me a big Absolutely. question, I don't want to fucking text it back to you. Don't I want to call I, me. Well, I call you and you don't want to fucking answer the phone. Uh, you call me and I'm doing things and then I yeah. ADD and I forget to call yeah. you back. Uh-huh. It's not personal. But what I, was gonna, what I was getting at is, okay, I like what you're saying. And here's some, uh, some noodles to start us off is that um, I like the idea of like, yeah, you're trying to communicate in, in a specific way for the specific message. And say you have the ability to impart the emotion mm-hmm. that you're feeling into the message. And I mean that, I mean that on like a metaphysical level. So you could say, write down, I'm sad on a piece of paper. Yeah. And then let's just use my, Your gauntlet. my gauntlet uh, fax machine. You stuff it in there. They take it out. They open it. They, they, they read "I'm sad," and then they feel sad. Like oh, the, the, yeah. like the sadness That's transfers what. to whoever's reading it. But you could also say "I'm sad," and you could be feeling. You can feel anxious, or you could yeah. feel angry, and you feel that emotion. Right? I'm sad, and right. hand it to them, and much There's like something, and, and then they'll feel angry or they'll feel anxious, even though the message they, just says I'm it's sad. forced empathy. Like you are being forced magically to, to experience, to, to what feel something. something. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And I, I think that could have a lot of interpersonal beauty to it of yeah. people communicating in a way where if you're trying to, if you're writing down, imagine how that would work with uh, books. If you could write yeah. down the words and then match it to a physical motion and you basically amplify this like author's intent is no longer all like you just here it's feel sad right. while you re- it will literally take you on an emotional journey yeah and and it's like the first time i listened to elliot smith in high school oh wow you're really really edgy for mid-2000s uh yeah no good for you i'm also i this this hits home for me in a personal way because i'm one of these people where like i love a lot of very mellow slow sad music but i will not listen to it because it will actually make me sad oh yeah like i am i am sensitive enough to the point where whatever is happening it's why like i refuse to watch fox and the hound because it it just emotionally devastates me i will not watch uh, uh, the the land before time again because it's too sad like and so this for me is like this would be really effective in terms of trying to understand this would have huge implications for me. Yeah. Also, um, I, as a personal aside, I literally have uh, said to my therapist on multiple occasions that uh, music for me is a mood amplifier. And mm-hmm. if, I'm in a, if I'm in a sad mood, it'll just make me sadder. So I won't yep. listen to it when uh, I'm sad. Very similar. But when I'm in a happy mood, I love it because it makes me in a happier mood. Totally. And in 2020, I'm a, I, like, I listen to Spotify all the time. In 2020, I didn't listen to basically any music. My most played song the entire year was Council of Elrond. Um, because all I listened to was the original soundtrack for Lord of the Rings because it was the only thing that, that I could tolerate and it made me feel good and comfortable because 2020 was obviously my, a horrible year. My most played song in 2020, I think, was Hook by Blues Travelers, which is about as po- as positive. It's not positive lyrically. It's actually very cynical and hilarious, but musically it's very upbeat and yeah. bright and like you're kind of like skipping down the road and yeah it was very much like that for me i was like i just need i need to feel light again and i yeah. need something yeah well let's keep skipping down the road with, with some more ideas of how we could be delivering messages so i'm going to immediately um as i do often i'm immediately going to arrested development okay and 
I'm thinking to the third season when George Sr. is on house arrest. And so he hires the proxy to go everywhere for him because he can't leave the house. Uh And the guy's just wearing a little uh, GoPro on his head and has an earpiece in so Uh... that George can tell him exactly what to say. Yeah. And this guy just repeats it over and over again. Interesting. And so imagining... um, this could work from a in a magical world if you were making homunculi or golems or anything like that, or in a sci-fi world where you've got robots, androids, what have you, or vampires, even thralls. Just there was no mail. It, what you weren't sending a written form of communication, but yeah. it was like all mail by heraldry, right? Like, yeah, I th- I think heralds and like couriers are really fascinating. I because I, it's you're hiring somebody who is like has to be trusted enough to deliver a message, or you you're using a thing that you created, right? So then you can bypass the trust. With no question. free will, yeah, with no free will. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I I'm, I'm trying to think of what the implicate like some implications you could have from using specifically heralds. I mean, there's literally laws around decorum for. I mean, that's where the yeah. phrase "don't kill the messenger" comes yeah. from, right? Like, it is not this person. Unless you're Leonidas, in which case, it's cool. Sure, that's fine. But if you get to that point of there being societal laws around this, what would those laws look like? Number one, don't kill the messenger. Could you be allowed to slow down or deter a messenger? Like, would Ooh. you? Would you magically? Would there be some sort of gaius on? this person so that they could not be stopped right like they could not be messed well, with so sort of we... like sort of like the british guard where you're like waving your hand in front of their face and they're just completely stoic well it, are these are we okay let's take what's what kind of messenger are we talking about is it a a human that you hired to do it or is it a thrall from a vampire or something like that so i think it's well, kind of built into the thrall like android golem example so let's go with human you hired okay uh human you hired yeah, I think the I think the British guard idea is good. I so in my homebrew, I have like a there is no there's a, basically no horse travel. There's no right. carriages. There's no like it's a dense cities that don't have enough and like they're physically limited in, in the territory, so they don't have the ability to use any other type of travel. So couriers are standard for everything, for even like deliveries. Mm. If you're trying to like transport goods, you have couriers who just have to like put huge backpacks on and, and, and run through these narrow streets. Right. Uh, and they're like, they're very higher professionals and it, it's like a specific like association, union, guild, whatever. It's sort of does... like the the me- the message runners in World War One that would run from trench to trench. Yes. Shout out to 1917. One of the best movies of fucking all time. incredible. It's so Fuck good. Mel Gibson, but a fucking incredible. He's not movie. in the movie. Yes, he is. Who is Mel Gibson in 1917? Oh, not 1917. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking there's another one where it, from way back in the day that does star Mel Gibson as a trench runner. Oh, no. 1917 yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it, no, no, no. 19, a, I, I got confused. I, I know which one you're talking about. This yes. is not that one. There is an older version. It's I'll, I'll, I forget what it's called now, but I watched it in, in history class in high school. Okay. Anyway, they are a union. They are trained. They are professionals. They like have each other's back. They never mess with each other. They look out for each other if they see something going going yeah. awry. Right. And everybody knows you're really not allowed to mess with these guys. Uh, and if you like get in their way and it's an accident, like it might be fine. But like, so say you, you you run into them and there's and there's an incident, they have to keep going. Right. Like you just go to the union and tell them what happened. The be white like, rabbits. Oh, the white rabbits. Yeah, they're late. They're late for a very important date. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Alice in Wonderland, the White Rabbit. I, That's I, all he I kept saying. I don't remember. I'm late, I'm late for a very important day. 
my point being, so like <laughs> if you run into them and there's, and they will just say, my name is, is Fred, go to the union. And they keep going because right. if then you go to the union to get your damages fixed or something. So kind of like yeah. it's, you know, if, if there's an issue, you have to just take it up the ladder and you don't deal with the individual. Right. Because the individual has to keep going. Right. It's like if you, if you need to get something from Uber, your driver's not going to, like your driver's a contractor. Yeah. You have to go through Uber corporate and then they might contact the driver or whatever. Kind to of find like, out what's happened to verify the story. Yeah. But except in this instance, all the, the runners are in the union and they're all just, they're under strict orders to keep going and to not stop unless they are physically injured. I think that's great. I think that's I think that's smooth. I think it's tight. And I think it has really it has great implications from a, again, like it could be a symbol of status. Like, yes, you could theoretically send someone parchment or you could. Yeah. Oh, a, telepathically a, communicate something to them. Or if you went to the time and trouble to procure a courier to send them this. Yeah. To deliver it. To, to deliver you. this message. There is weight there. It's like reserved for like declarations of war or, or, like, or marriage proposals or something. It's like, like that, when right? you get served papers or something. It's yeah. got that like, uh, that, Ooh, this feels, this feels dramatic. Yeah. Uh, when, when the guy shows up and you're like, why are you here? Like when a courier arrives at the door, everyone just kind of like goes quiet and looks at the courier. Like, who sent you that would be a great storytelling hook for like the beginning of a campaign you're in a tavern you know and the parties just met in the tavern and then there's courier courier and the whole bar goes silent yeah because it really sets the tone of wait why are curry why is a courier such a problem here why isn't that considered to be more normal but it's because the couriers are this expensive and specific thing to hire and you could also you could zhuzh up what the courier is the courier could not just be it could be not a dude running it could be that the couriers are all have the power of flight yeah they're all like everything is delivered by a human who can fly as opposed to a carrier pigeon it is a carrier human who happens to have the power of flight and just flies from place to place and so they are not just seen as messengers they're seen as these powerful entities there's yeah. powerful beings who they can fly and or that's rare what if it was something that you didn't you know maybe maybe it's a world where flight is super commonplace right and so uh-huh. it's riskier to actually send something by flight because mm-hmm. then you might get shot down or you might get sniped or attacked by another flyer but the there's ground... like there's a, like a classic thing would be a lot of dragons are in the yeah, air but exactly. the dragons are all Something in the like air so you have to like stay away from them yeah exactly so but then the ground is all dark forests and uh the fire swamp from princess bride and these exceedingly dangerous territories which require tremendous skill and badassery to navigate and survive yeah so it's not just that obviously this thing is very important. The person that's delivering it is not to be fucked with. Yeah. Right. Like, and is just, you know, I, I keep going back. I thought, um, oh, I always forget his name. Uh, Ned Stark's brother showing up at the first episode of Game of Thrones, yeah. like from the wall. Yeah. And I just, his entrance, it's like, oh, the ranger from the north coming in. Why and and the gravitas yeah. of him being there. Yeah. And it's so much about also, it's not just that he's the Ranger of the North, but that he, because he's at it, it's like, oh, this guy could kill any one of us. Yeah, he's seen some shit. Yeah. And he's probably seen some shit and come here to tell us about it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think that, I think that's, I, I like the idea of that as a status symbol and all the 
sort of hospital, the laws, the cultural laws of hospitality. And it's interesting because they would have to be intercultural too, right? Like they would yeah. have to exist. There would have to be some sort of formally agreed upon mechanism for how collectively all these different cultures agree, hey, we're not fucking with the couriers. Yeah. Good point. I, I think the the human courier bowl might be a little bit empty at this point. I think so too. So I'm trying to think of some other noodles. Like, I feel like a lot of people will probably be tempted. And I mean, I'm tempted to kind of explore it of like, just re- try and recreate a cell phone essentially. Yeah. In a fantasy world, in like a futuristic sci-fi, it's obviously there increasingly so where yeah. people have like the, where they'll have like a tablet. I think, I can't remember who did this. I think The Expanse did it really good. I, I love The Expanse. I keep bringing it up. But they just had like a tablet. And you, you know, you just like swipe and tap, like uh, throw your content to whoever yeah. you're looking at. Yeah. If we're sitting across the room, like airdrops are basically just a physical, whoop, you yeah. just flick it across the, your tablet and it goes to the other person. I, I think that level of technology be- becomes an option. But I think it over, because th- then it basically says everything has to be a file. It's got to be on a on a laptop. It's got right. to be on a computer of some kind. And I think, I'm trying to think of like, how could you do telepathy in a way that isn't just telepathy? Like, is there a more, like, is there a more interesting way to a- achieve telepathy? Because when it's just like, oh, someone's just all of a sudden talking to me and my, like, could you just have it be, you could just do like a cell phone in telepathy form of you could just, as Ethan say, I'd like to call my dad and your dad would just all of a sudden hear a, like a voice in his head that goes, call from Ethan, yeah. accept or decline. Right. And if he says decline, you don't get him. If he, yeah. if he says accept, then it's accept. And you two can, can think into each other's brains for a little bit until one of you just says, hang up. I love that. I am reminded of, um. Critical Role campaign two, Jester and her sendings, Uh when she would just send these absurd messages. And I love the idea of her just, there was one where she's yelling at another character and she goes, you might be under scrutiny. And everyone starts laughing at the table, thinking like, I imagine him dropping his coffee because then out of nowhere, there's just this voice in his head (laughs) screaming like, you may be under scrutiny. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. And well, I guess that's what I'm trying to get is like avoiding those like weird things of, you know, what the fuck? Who's in my head and why are they there? And I didn't accept that. And I think if, if you make it on like a big enough scale where more people can do it, then you would need to have a level of consent for those conversations to occur because otherwise it would just be pure chaos. You could do that. I like the idea of there being things, you know, sort of bonded pairs or things that are bonded together. Like you got, you know, in D&D, there's sending stones where it's only these two stones that can yeah, communicate with each other. the palantirs in yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, imagine, for example, like, you got... We've been talking a lot about magic tattoos recently. Like, what if there were a matching tattoo that you could... A magic tattoo that, like, if you both got it on your temple then you could just press the tattoo and it would only open a line between you and the other tattoo It's like bearer. it would add like another layer to the um, getting your, your ex's name tattooed. Oh, and then when God. you break up, you're like, fuck. <laughs> Not only do I have their name on me, I have to hear them all the time. Oh, that's and dark. The, and the level of like they're hooking up with somebody new and they're like, oh, let's that's open up the line so of communication. It's so fucked up. This is what you opened up with your, ma- your magic tattoos idea. 
It's the level of pettiness and like uh, jealousy you, you could achieve with magic tattoos and communication, specifically if you got it. It would be like, they would have like a rule that was like, you are not allowed to get this with a romantic partner. Just, no, you're not allowed to do that because- That's fucking hilarious. Shit's going to go awry. Yeah, that's going to be terrible. Or imagine if someone- But it, but you could also you could also- get it really twisted like imagine if you could sell the pattern to somebody and then somebody else and you could just oh start pranking God. them or, or you sold it or you can like yeah you can start like fucking with it controlling them uh, manipulating them yeah uh you know because then you would get into the like if that person and uh of i this is coming coming up in our conversation a lot today. Uh, you and me personally, like I've been listening to Behind the Bastards, which is a very good yeah. podcast. And uh, I've never heard it. You were t- I'm very excited to listen to it's it. It's very good. But they were listening to one of the Illuminati, and they were talking about how the, there's. Uh, I guess they did a whole a whole series on this where there's like the CIA was doing all these tests on American servicemen, and they would they would uh, drug them against their will like they didn't know they were being drugged right and one of the people made the observation of there's a very big difference of being on drugs when you know you're being on you're on drugs and when you're not you don't know that you're on drugs because the you're having that experience without the knowledge that it's because of a drug so you you would feel a little insane yeah and your sure. your brain would be really fucked up so if, if you know you have a line of communication to uh to bob and then all through the tattoo, and sure, then sure. all of a sudden, a completely different voice is being heard in your head. You're gonna probably go a little crazy, right? You're like, who the hell is that? I didn't get any other tattoos. I only have Bob, and because it's, it's a mental thing, you can't just like take Bo- like over Bob, right? Why am or I? Or you hearing- can't even maybe you try and contact Bob, and all you get is this sinister voice again at the other end, and you're like, number one. Who the fuck are you? Number two, what the fuck happened or, to Bob? Or you try to reach out and you get Bob, and you and you can talk to Bob. And Bob's like, oh, that's worse. And Bob's like, because now you have you have two lines of it's open to two different lines. Oh, that's worse. So you can talk to Bob, and Bob is like, what are you talking about? I don't. I, I, and Bob is confused as well. And that and and the other person, the the third person, is just sitting there silently. They they didn't intercept the call or whatever. I don't know how you want to play that yeah, out. But but they don't. Cool. But they don't engage because they want this person to feel unstable. They want them to start to doubt their sanity by talking to them. Yeah. And because they don't know that they're being t- that someone like stole the pattern and has tattooed the same pattern. Yeah. And it's that you don't know you're on drugs and you're having the experience. That's terrible. You don't know somebody is like open a new line of communication with you you're just hearing their voice that's terrifying or it could be like there's that trope of like just you hear the heavy breathing and someone stalking you and you yeah. have no idea how God, and that would be terrifying just hearing heavy breathing when you're trying to go to bed right and you can't turn it off no. or maybe you can but it keeps calling you again and sometimes it's bob and sometimes it's not and you never know like the idea of, of sort of co-opting someone else's a private line is really terrifying yeah it's like you know or just in spycraft, it's always like the line's bugged. Yeah, but it's rare that people say it's they're co-opting it and yeah. they're doing it. They're know. just using it for espionage, not for for manipulation. Yeah, like because they want to gather information, they don't necessarily want to plant information right. or fuck with you. Right, um, right, right. They would physically be planting information, but it's hard to because the believability element is 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 hard. I think that's really, really, really good. It actually reminds me a little bit even of the One Ring, right? Because it was the One Ring. Wasn't it that it the One Ring had influence over all the other rings of power? And it could sort. that's how it, it gave yeah. Sauron so much control. Yeah. So yeah, he so. got the rings onto this. So imagine it's sort of similar. You get the tattoo codes to all the presidents. Yeah. 
and you have this they all link to this one tattoo and you can can link to it well, I yourself think, i think that specific example goes to show why it being tattoos is a really unwise approach from a big make it rings or make it sure. something that you can remove because yeah, totally. it, when it's permanent that adds such a weird complication of well what do you do when you don't want it or you know totally like, true or it's not necessary or you, you broke up and you need to get rid yeah. of it so i i think if it's you know it, to the romantic partner element of like like a wedding band yeah. isn't just a symbol it is a physical manifestation of uh, ability to be telepathic now right if you remove the ring you can't be telepathic yeah but if you put the ring on you and your spouse can talk yeah i think that's great. telepathically and i think that might it's pretty simple yeah um it might be the end of the telepathy bowl no i think it is but and i want to get back to like i'm still stuck on this idea of different modes of communication are suited for different types of communication or different yeah. degrees of severity right like uh -huh. getting back to this a handwritten letter means much more than a text message you know a handwritten letter from your grandmother saying hey i love you yeah. is, you're gonna hold on to that you're gonna it's a physical thing you're gonna hold on to it so yeah. like how would you distinguish different you know telepathy even just using telepathy or digital things or couriers like you know i'm i'm imagining something there's a you know, in the Wakanda, in the Black Panther movies, right? In Wakanda, they have the Kamoyo beads, which let you just project a digital image of someone's face. And, you know, you can just have a digital conversation, right? But yeah. what if there were something going back to your mood idea that was less about written text and more about communicating even visually? Like, it's it's a little it's a little extra, but, like, you know, you, you've created a movie experience for somebody and yeah. they open it and it plays out for them or it's like a diorama yeah. a moving diorama of how you've made them feel interesting well because when you were talking i was immediately going to the the whole um back to harry potter of the when they take the hair out and they put it into the oh yeah the the, the pensive yeah where then you can you can view the memory yeah and i think you could apply that you could do that in some way yeah but then yeah how do you do it where it's basically like like when you know when that's cool you know when you're trying to especially like creatives out there where you're you're you have a vision of a thing in your head and you're like oh my god i'm, I'm making a movie in my head it looks so cool it looks like yep. this and then, and then you know there's an entire industry of people who try to realize that vision and but what if you could just snapshot like you could just snapshot it or you could film it in your head and then put it in like a little bead like you said and then yeah. just hand it to somebody and because you could do that for you know I, i'm thinking i'm thinking of you ethan here are here's the imagery that that creates when i think of you yeah and and here's the, the thoughts and the feelings whatever yeah and you put that but then you could do it for like projects as well yeah where you, where you, could, you could say all right well uh you know if, if you're a military commander you just you visualize an air, like an aerial view of the city and here's our defenses and here's how the battle's going to go. And then right. you just like play that for all of your commanders and like all your, uh, all your officers be like, Hey, here's, your, here's the plan for the battle. And then they go, okay, yeah, we got it. That's great. We understand now. Yeah. Just being able to like physically to record your thoughts. That could be kind of fun. That could yeah. be really fun. And I like that because I'm also seeing again industry implications for that yeah what if this was a it skill? changes things like it, architects oh yeah absolutely oh my god you just you just imagine a building and go boom build right. it and then you're like well which how is do we sort do of what we're sort of what we're getting to with vr a little bit right like with little vr bit, yeah. tech where and you AR. can and ar where you can just 
like build these visions of things, but to do it magically, imagining if it was someone, this is a skill I'm imagining that takes a long time to learn because like thoughts are chaotic. Like your brain is, is jumbled, right? Please please see this entire podcast. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The brain is chaotic and we have an entire podcast dedicated to the the chaotic jumping around of a brain and new ideas. And so like the idea of having the ability to focus in on a specific single idea so much and render it magically to a place where you can extract it as a single thought, like a thought stream. Yeah. And that's what you could call it. That could be the name of the service is thought stream. Yeah. And communicate it to somebody else through them is I imagine that. So imagine there are stores where you go in, you're like, Hey, my, my wife is off serving in the military. I want to send her a message. I want to communicate this feeling, you know, my love and my longing and my, my lust for her, right? Like I want to communicate all of this to her in a thought stream. (laughs) I just imagine like those, the the meme uh, Confederate letters where they're like, my dearest Ophelia. (laughs) And they write like, like, uh, like like a South Park episode. (laughs) Yeah. I think there was an episode of make some noise on uh, dropout TV. Uh, Shout out to dropout. Uh, where they where he like wrote like a fake letter where it, 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 it was a confederate writing home to his wife uh and like a lustful and it was like he's trying to start a, a sexting thing um <laughs> in, in in this letter i'll send you i'll send it to you but oh, trying to write a letter where you're like being over the top yeah but it's not but it's not words it's emotions thoughts feelings images senses right and because yeah. it's neural or magical it could be all five senses yeah and so there is someone where you, you know, there's a, a store where you can go communicate all of this to someone who is capable of building that thought yeah. stream. And then you have to test it to make sure before it gets sent off. Yeah. I'd be remiss if not to mention brain dances of cyberpunk. Uh, and I, they might be in other uh, versions of uh, like cyberpunk stuff. But cyberpunk 2077 has this really cool uh mechanic that or this like mini game i don't know what you want to call it but yeah. it's they're called brain dances where it's basically these constructed uh complex images with sound and emotion and visuals and all that and you basically play it in your brain yeah. where you can re- relive somebody else's experience yeah. or they can be crafted from scratch so you can so you can create you can live uh like you can basically like feel like you're living out this full experience that wasn't real that somebody created but you can also do it where you're doing one that somebody did hmm. live out and they'll, they'll like polish them up so you could you could like have a brain dance where it is someone's memory but part of it's scrubbed away and it's like hidden they've edited it so you can't actually tell what's real what's not in in these and it's fascinating and it seems to kind of be getting at what, what, what we're talking chilling. about oh it's fascinating it's really i mean it's well, a, I'm, I'm just thinking now of, you know, there well, are also these... with the note that cyberpunk worlds are dystopian as hell. Totally. And this is a very dystopian idea. Yeah. Also mm. positive because it is used for like uh, people do it because it's fun. So they'll like they'll do plenty of brain instances that are like fun. And a lot of them are just like they're very sexual and or, or what sure. have you. But some of them, I think, could just be fun in a like, oh, you're just parading around in a field. It yeah. can be whatever. Right. But in a in a dark themed world dystopian you're gonna probably see it being used for ill well you could it's you could use it for ill you could also i mean i'm imagining the positive ways of using it for therapy even like yep sort of like what um i think it was in civil war where they're where iron man was talking about like actually getting to say goodbye to his dad and experience that yeah 
and see that work, you know, play itself out in real time or just sort of neutrally like I'm uh, an inception when they're like, oh, the, you know, there's that guy, the dream has become their reality. Uh, yeah. And it's like, you just get stuck. Yeah. You just, and you're just lost in this memory of your dead sibling over and over. Like, you cannot get past that. I mean, all right, let's, I think let's keep following this thread into some other noodles of dreams as a way of communicating. Using dreams as a way to communicate is a very common, like, dreams are often used for, like, prophecy communication, but for mundane communication, it can also be an option. Mm -hmm. So say you have a world where, um, okay, so say the, okay, so say you have, like, a dreamscape that is a plane of existence, it's a world, it's a, a realm that mm -hmm. exists that everybody gets to go through when they, when they're sleeping. So when you're asleep, you're all in one space together. Like your consciousnesses are all kind of hanging out hmm. in, could be like a one-to-one -one recreation of your world. It could be anything. But while you're there, you can go around and pass messages and talk to people who, who don't live near you or who you've never met or whatever. So you could say, I live on the other side of the world from, you know, or like I physically live in a completely different state than, than my, my family does. Yeah. I could just, in the dreamscape, go find my mom and be like hey mom yeah and just like hang out for an hour and then i could go to another state and hang out with an old friend for yeah. a couple hours and communicate and share thoughts and share like talk about what happened in my day and you get like the level of consciousness basically if your consciousness doesn't shift when you're asleep and you just go into it you're 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 just in a different place where your body's at rest but right. it's not your subconsciousness in, in control it's your consciousness yeah in this dreamscape yeah, shared where, dreaming. You mean yeah, like, like, a, yeah. Sh like a shared dreaming that is, and it's like everybody. Maybe it's just everybody you've, you've ever met. So if you've met them, they're in your dreamscape somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, they're like, uh, they are a faint image, like a silhouette, but there's no face because yeah. you never met them. And as you meet more people, more of those silhouettes kind of get unlocked and become a full fleshed. Did you see that Black Mirror episode where you figured out how to block someone? I've never seen that much Black Mirror. I think I've seen so like one you, episode. You sh should. This one episode in particular I, is great. Because it seems too are, dark and sad. It's very dark and sad. That's I, so, the basis of its appeal. Uh, I don't want to be dark. And, I don't want to feel it's, dark and sad. It's very thought provoking, which is why I like it. But there, the 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 way it works is basically there are contacts that you can wear in this world, where, you know, that filter they give. You know, it's like a HUD, but just in in contact form. But if you block somebody, like if I were to block you right now, I would no longer see you. I would just see. Like a silhouette. Like a black, gray, scrambled silhouette, yeah. like static. And yeah. if you tried to speak to me, all I would hear is static. Yeah. And it's, like, permanent. Like, and if you're blocked, that's it. Like, you, I, I think you can unblock somebody. But, like, that, I could, cho I could choose to block you. Yeah. And Interesting. And that's kind of what it could be like. Or you could choose to block somebody. Or there's, I like that idea of determining who you can get. You know, put almost, like, are you, like, back in the 90s, are you in the phone book or not? Can you be reached? Yeah, magically, technologically, like, are you off the grid? I think that's I think that's an interesting element to be able to to play around with. Yeah, I think it is. I I think it's also just like a necessary um, guardrail on such a a setup because otherwise it would just be total chaos. Absolutely. I don't know that I have any more noodles on that one. Yeah, maybe the end of that one. I I, I want to think about more about the mail specifically to bring it back to mail. So easy, easy way to go is imagining a you've got an elementary, uh, you, excuse me, you've got an elemental based magic system. Okay. 
earth, air, water, fire. You know, we saw in Omashu, in The Last Airbender, the the mail system was earthbenders pushing gigantic cinder blocks around with mail inside of it. That's uh-huh. very simple, very easy to use. You know, if you've got a fire-based magic system, you could have people that use jet streams to fly and deliver the mail. Or you could even have it be skywriting with fire in the sky. Um, okay. And a, a water magic world could all be... Imagine you have streams, you know, little rivers running between all of the houses. And so yeah. all the mail is literally just message in a bottle. So I, I like the idea of earth magic. And I'm thinking about if you took the written message idea yeah. again. or Yeah, written messages. Much like a message in a bottle, but the messages you just put it like on the ground or like in the mud or yeah. whatever. And the earth will just grab it, pull it in. And then it will, as like a conveyor belt of the, the the crust, just move messages around, and it knows exactly where it's supposed to go. That's so it knows where it would have to go, or would you, as like, for lack of a better term, the Earthbender, have to actively manipulate it? To no, no, send no. It there? these aren't Earthbenders. I'm, I, I'm. That's copyright. We're not, we're not dealing with, <laughs> with the benders. I'm just saying, like, it's the Earth, the planet itself is magical. God. So okay, like. You know, and you know, Earth is, is magic. Yeah, so we it is. Love the Earth. So it's magical. We love the, the, planet. the planet itself is magical. So you just put it on there, and the, the planet takes care of it. Nice. And you can make it where it's like you have to give a, a specific location, and it could go to the specific location. Yeah. Or like maybe you or use you a could series say, of runes, almost like a phone number, and it it does it. Or you could just do it like it's a phone number, where everybody has just like a number. Yeah that they know inherently like your yeah. social security number you're just yeah. born and you're like oh write down the social security number of this person and it will get to them yeah or like a location base like but it's all earth-based location it's like second boulder from the right on the third <laughs> mountain and so the and and <laughs> north northwest and people keep getting one of those locations just a little bit off so there's like there's one hill that just has like 200 un- unopened messages because people keep <laughs> writing it to this specific hill, but that hill is actually on the northeast side, That's not really on the funny. north side. Yeah. And then a bunch of people are waiting for a message on the north side and like, where to go? That's and really funny. There's just a, a... I like the idea of having to send messages some, to someone directly, like through the earth. And I'm yeah. imagining almost though, what if you, in every house, there's like a section of the floor or of the wall where it's just sand. Okay. And you as the earth magic user use earth magic somehow to communicate, but the, the message to a very specific person, but it shows up written in sand, like an etch-a-sketch. So you could do pictures or writing and there would just, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be any announcement noise. You'd just be sitting in your house and then you just hear. Interesting. And it just starts showing up on the other side. Could you send it to multiple people at once? Could you, like, announce a party by, like, drawing – you could draw the party invitation in the sand and then a bunch of people get the invitation all at once. Or how do you powerful have to do of di- an earth mage are you? I think it could – I think that's I think, an easy way to do it is just say how powerful you are as a mage. I, I, but I, I think this is where we differ. I don't – you're implying everybody has to be a mage in this scenario. If the world is magical, you don't have to be anything. The, the, the sand is the magic. You're just a dude who just draws in the sand. Maybe it depends on the power of the mage that made your sand table or something. Hmm. Something like that. There are ways around it, or like, or maybe. think, or think of it now. Like there, are, maybe there. Are, it's like, all right, if you have limestone sand, you can only communicate. You know, sort of like Netflix, you can only 
appear in so many screens, but if you have diamond sand, you can <laughs> access all screens. Something like that. Diamond sand? Just, just, yeah, just ground diamonds? Why oh, not? Yeah, yeah oh, why not? It's not at all difficult to grind up diamonds. No, but th- that's why if you have to have a diamond sand table in order to be able to access as many screens as you want or as many other sand tables as you want. <laughs> You basically just it ain't cheap. Bro. You're, you're just basically just making like uh, email circa 1995, <laughs> where there's like one computer in everyone's uh, kitchen, yes. and everybody's fighting to use it. Yeah, but I like I like that idea of the etch a sketch sand table. I think that's fun. This is back to the courier idea, but I sort of like the idea of necromancers or, or summoners like summoning minor imps to communicate for them like it's all just flavor at this point but like the idea of summoning a creature specifically to go deliver something to you and then it shows up and it's like you have to deal with this little imp familiar for a while yeah i think that's kind I, of fun but i feel like that's it's not fresh no it's not fresh but I, it's just it's I, just I, I really want to think about I'm, I'm trying to think about like mass use of for the everyday person in a world of how do you, you know how does joe schmo walking down the street how does he communicate in a world where uh the way of sharing information is different um you it's a magical world uh-huh. a magical city wizards have spell books mm-hmm. correct when you meet somebody again very specific code you are able to maybe give them a page from your book you trade pages something like that and when you open up your book to that person's page it's a image or a hologram or a 3d version of their face and you can just talk through it to each other through these books and it's literally a book of faces interesting you might say a facebook (laughs) shut the fuck up (laughs) that's Um, it for me folks but uh, but uh, okay so i I like that idea and like when you're talking about it before you revealed the it was the images i was like oh yeah that's great and that's a great way to recreate um texting and messaging and it brought me back to uh as a kid when uh in like uh aol instant messenger was was all the rage yeah. of you'd sit at home like after school we'd all be like or at any point you would just be communicating with all the people that you went to school with yeah and you'd have separate chats with all these different people and you know they'd all just be taking a part of the screen and i like the idea of like you're flipping for the book and it's written written conversation between you and whoever's page that is and you yeah. flip through and you're having multiple conversations at once so oh that's cool so it's like you could sit at home at the end of the day and just chat with people wherever they are yeah. casually and it people... shows up in your handwriting very chamber yeah. of secrets yeah yeah but with tom riddle's diary exactly but uh not sinister and uh as like as like a mundane part of life that people yeah. just do this where they will be communicating with other people all the time by writing in in this book and i you know like like you sit down with a glass of wine and just chat with old friends or yeah. you know by writing in it or you could yeah or you could also do like the the imagery idea mm-hmm. uh, i think that could work but in that situation i'm like okay what if i'm going to take a little bit from harry potter and a little bit from modern science if you take someone's hair and you can like you, you have like their dna hmm. and you could like put it into something where then uh and they if they do the same thing you both like are like holograms of each other like like, oh, like, like or you fully can see into their world no i don't really like it that much it's hard to make that work i'm trying to think about does it need to cook longer is it too al dente no i think it just i just think it might be um just a bad recipe mm. or it's trying to make two, two things work that well i'm thinking because i'm trying to think about the hologram style of 
telecommunications. Yeah. How do you do that in a way where it's the full body and have it feel practical for enough people to do it? I was always kind of mesmerized by that in Star Wars because they always have like the 3D holograms of these people. And like yeah. on the Jedi Council, it's like a hologram of like Kiati Mundi just sitting in a chair. It's like, does Kiati Mundi have to be sitting in that chair? Yeah. Or is he just talking and the hologram looks like he's sitting in the chair just for ease, like to make the other yeah. people feel more comfortable. See, here's one thing I always find so odd about the Star Wars holograms is that like, you don't see the rest of that room. No, And you have no idea who's there. It's never a private conversation. It can't be. Right. All right, so now... Well, they did that in episode one in Phantom Menace when yeah. he's like, this is my apprentice, Darth Maul. And then he walks into the hologram. Yeah. But then you're like, well, who's in front of the hologram? Right. It's... And I think this is a problem, you know, it's if you're on FaceTime or something and you don't like the camera, unless you pan around the room, right? you don't actually know who's who's there. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe, and I don't know if this is an at-home thing or in a, in a facility thing, but I'll put that aside for a second. You enter a room that is mm-hmm. a very mundane room, almost like a green screen type room, but say it's just like stone, boring, two chairs, that's it. Yeah. You, you sit in a chair. And then someone will sit in a room of a similar of it, like a similar or exact same setup somewhere else. They sit in the other chair, and it projects both of you into the same room, and you can ha- and you can feel like that person is right there. That's really cool. You, like where you step into a chamber that is essentially like a, a holodeck, like a holodeck. Yeah. But it, but but you but you can guarantee that what whatever's in that room on both ends is in the same space. Oh, uh, that's really cool. So if there's a if, if there's another other observer there in your room, it'll show up in their room. So you can right. have things that are stacking on top of each other and are like chaos and you're like, "Well, move that chair. It's on top of this other chair." Right, right, right. Or, "Hey dude, like you're on top of me and I like it's fucking with the image." God, can so, you imagine getting dumped like that? Yeah. Like Jesus, like just the heartbreak of like, oh, I've got this, this set up this incredibly intimate, you know, experience where this person isn't here and then they bring in another person. They're like, dear John, this is Tim. Like, literally, they bring this other person oh. into your shared well, well, hologram. That, well, that's so fucked up. Oh, it's who dark as fuck. Well, who would do that? Well, I mean. Sociopaths. Yes, exactly. But they are legion in reality. So why the fuck not <laughs> magical world? Fair. We've really gotten into the, into the how do you dump people in a fantasy world uh, <laughs> topic today for some reason. I also love the idea of the holodeck because I think that could be cool for sending pre-recorded messages yeah. where it's like a a much more detailed high hd hologram basically but like you know you could send them and it could be technological or magical where they go into the holodeck and then it's a you know a, a 3d or real life version of you mm-hmm. that communicates that message you know that's just yeah. a very again that's high emotional impact that's theoretically high efficiency depending yeah. on the rarity of the materials but or also very high high significance of like oh i took real effort into communicating this message to you mm-hmm. like this is a very expensive service i also had the idea of this is less on mail explicitly but i keep getting ads almost insultingly frequently for grammarly which is they now, I didn't know, had this feature where you can highlight a text, a piece of text. It's an AI. It can highlight a sentence. You can highlight a sentence you wrote. It will tell you the tone that it reads 
of the sentence huh. and give you the ability to like manipulate the tone to make it more positive or more negative or more serious. I... It's less specifically about mail, but you wanted to test how a message would be received by somebody. Hmm. And you could have an AI or a magical, again, getting back to that, that uh, pensive idea of their personality, of their identity, mm-hmm. right? You know, you've got a scan of their brain or something. And then you could test out a message and it would react just like the normal person would, right? Like if I wanted to say, hey, Kyle, I'm running 15 minutes late and I could then test that with my Kyle AI versus saying, Kyle, I'm so sorry, I'm running 15 minutes late, but I am bringing pizza and seeing how that would be received differently before I sent the message. So that would, would that be, would that be helpful in saying like communication Imagine that for diplomacy. So I'm I was playing Hitman Three yesterday, um, and it's a great game. But there's a level where you are there's something to do with AI, and you're talking to this like sociopath about the AI they're developing, and you know you're supposed to kill them as a Hitman game. Sure. But they have this AI that you get to then use, where it it has played out and predicted someone's behavior based on a certain action, and then you can conduct the action, and then the behavior will be exact because they've like run all the tests or whatever so it's like oh if you fire this person uh using this console we'll fire right. them instantly they will call their mother and then they'll call, and then they will seek the comfort of their best friend who's the guard who's, who's who's guarding me so then it's like you do and like if you do this if you fire this person they're going to uh run the maintenance on this like power thing oh, and if, nice. you, if you fire this person they will uh shut off the safety valves for the for the power thing so you can basically they're setting you up for this ai's predictive behavior yeah that will help you conduct your assassination in this scenario and they've and they've like fully predicted this is someone's behavior and then it happens precisely um and it, it was just kind That's of cool it was kind of fun it's very yeah. dark but it's a similar thing of like this is and like it's supposed to be like a dystopic um sure you know ai idea of what if ai can tell you precisely what someone's reaction will be to sure. you, your behavior or to what you say. Right. And it could depend entirely on like, oh, I want this person to react positively. Yeah. And so if I tell them this and they're sad, then, oh, I, I got to work on my messaging. Or a, a diplomacy, like, I want this person to be scared that I'm going to attack them. Right. Like, I'm, I'm trying to use the threat of hard power to affect their decision making. Yeah. Right. And then you could test it out that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think there's something there. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't quite fully played. Like again, and that's not I directly male related. That's more like because then we're just moving into like yeah, it's just AI and communication. Yeah. Well, I guess like because this is male and just general communication because uh, it is hard to keep it specific to male because male it implies other things of like how, what are you delivering and how are you delivering it and like the whole thing of the message you're delivering the medium changes. Yeah. The medium matters depending on what the message is. Right. Of like. Are you in, are you imbuing emotion? Are you trying to be very verbose? Are you trying to be really simplified? Because if you if you just want to say uh, the British are coming, mm-hmm. you don't need a whole lot of words for that. You don't need a, a a big elaborate way to communicate that. But if you need to really communicate your how your week has been, right. like what you've done for the past Anything year, of complexity or nuance, you need you, you need a different way to communicate that. And that's a reason why we have different modes of communication in real life. And if you're writing, if you're world building, you probably need multiple modes of communication. They can cover the range of options, and some and you could you could also just do none of them and just be like, well, telepathy, carrier pigeons, yeah. or like carrier or, dragons. <laughs> like you Google. could just like I mean, 
communication, I think, in world building is like an overlooked element because it isn't usually having a big implication on the world. It's it's there for flavor, but it can have implications for how readily people can be can be reached. Right. And I think that's where where the the core of it lies from a storytelling perspective. It's like the whole thing if. Uh, you know, on Seinfeld or Friends, if people had cell phones, then yeah. then like all the stories can be resolved in, in, instantaneously with just I think it was Seinfeld specifically, like just a text of yeah. like, sorry about that, that was a miscommunication. Right. Um, if you are in, especially in a fantasy setting, if people can communicate instantly, any story where it's like you have to go deliver the message is a wash because. Why would you need to do that? We well, can communicate we, instantly. We see the implications. We see what happens when it is. Because hand-waving is always a tool that you can use in world-building, but not in storytelling. And I think that oftentimes those get conflated. And from a male message communication perspective specifically, remember back to, I think it was Game of Thrones Season 7? When they went out beyond the wall to find the white to try and sh- to try and yep. capture a white just so to Oh my god! That and whole... and then they're like, "Oh, we sent this message down to Daenerys to come help us a day before." And people were actually doing the math. They're like, "Daenerys was in Dragonstone. How the hell did it get from the wall to Dragonstone in oh, one yeah. day?" And then it's... she had time to fo- right. Like, but that but that's real. Like that you didn't take that into consideration in your world, which up to that point. You'd only ever seen physical yeah. message couriers. Yeah. I, and I, it broke the realism of the storytelling. Yes, that is a very good point of like the verisimilitude of the world is dependent upon communication flowing in a way that's consistent. Yep. And that was a horrible, awful, horrible writing choice, uh, as was all of season seven and eight. Um, and most of season six. Um, Game of Thrones really yeah. shat the bed. But, but, but it's a great example of like, if you have established laws in your world, yeah. like that internal consistency is so important. Yeah. Well, and because readers, your audience will notice. Yeah. Well, and it's an interesting part of like in D and D specifically, we've referred to the sending spell before. And mm-hmm. in a campaign that we're playing in right now, we recently were trying to communicate messages to an army that we're trying to give a warning to. We're trying to see what, what's going on with them because they're about to attack a bunch of demons and a demon army, Sure. whatever. But the point being, there's like a there's a finite number of resources of how many words you can say and how right. often you can send this message, right. and that allows like a bit of a middle ground where you can send the communication, but you can't have a big open dialogue. Right. It's just where are you, basically? Right. Oh, we're here. We're 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 marching. We got it. And but you can't really follow it up by being like, well, what is your full troop presence? What's right. going on there? How you know? Like you can't ask all these questions, and it allows like a middle ground of you get to keep that tension the characters get to move the plot along and they don't have to just go on a wild goose chase of just trying to deliver small messages to people. But it's not an infinite resource of, I have a text message, you know, I have sure. text messages. I have a limited text. I, you know, I can just send it to whoever I can tell anybody anything. Yeah. Cause you, the, in that, like that game of Thrones episode, mm-hmm. when Gentry takes off running to go to the wall, like that creates a tension of, can he make it? Right. That's exciting. Right. It is then undercut, obviously, but you want that tension of will and, and I think a lot of these stories, it depends upon does somebody tell somebody anything? Yeah. The whole premise of 1917 is amazing because it's just trying to get a message to save lives. Right. And so if you're building a communications device or advanced communications in any scenario, it has to also have an ability to fail mm-hmm. for it to be interesting. Right. Like to keep that tension there. It, it's like I, I, I don't watch a lot of horror, but I feel like now a lot of horror movies just start off with they don't have any cell service 
because they kind of have to explain away why people didn't just call 911. Right. Because why wouldn't you? Because that is an obvious solution to your problem. Completely. Absolutely, completely. So you have to explain why your communication is is failing. I guess is the long... The long and short of it. The long and short of it is you you have to explain why communication doesn't work because otherwise the tension of a story could be robbed. Completely. But yeah. but yeah. Anyway, I think we've hit the the end of this pot. Um, what what stuck for you? I think recording your thoughts stuck for me a bit. I like that. The thought stream. Yeah, the thought stream. I think yeah. I think that was cool. I like the idea of the the couriers that have like when the courier arrives that that tension that you were talking mm-hmm. about of like when it gets quiet, everyone's like, "What's going on? Why is there right. a courier here?" That's imp- so, yeah, that, this that's is important about to get weird. Yeah, because I think for me. It is what's more achievable in world building. Like, like what could you, what could you more easily implement? Yeah. And I think that's easier to implement because yeah. uh, I've actually somewhat <laughs> implemented that. But that, that, so that gave me more ideas right. on on my actual uh, world building. You're welcome. Um, thank you. But yeah, I think that's what stuck for me. What stuck for yeah. you? Um, thought stream definitely stuck for me. I just think that's a really oh wait one, one more was uh, Facebook. I li- oh, I, yeah. I like Facebook <laughs> not just because of the joke, but I love. That felt very evocative and very intriguing. Yeah. And believable. Like, you could do that. That you, feels, yeah. I mean, especially like wizards would do. They should. Wizards they would do. absolutely do that. I, I I do, like, I agree. I think that's a really evocative feeling. And it, it it's one of those things that has that tangibleness where, like, you can immediately see yourself doing that. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's very, it's easy to grasp and very simple, clean cut. I, I think that's, I I. I I love that idea too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love ThoughtStream. I think that's I think that's beautiful. I think it has really cool implications, not just for male in and of itself, but also, you know, I'm immediately thinking back to the Underworld movies where those three ancient vampires condense all the whole record of their hundred hundred year reign into one memory and transmit that so that no one actually skips or misses anything that happened during that other person's reign. Huh. I thought that was kind of cool. And like, so ThoughtStream as an idea has implications for mail, but also industry and yeah. transfer of power, succession, everything like it, that. It, it, has, it has the greatest implications that we can really play out. Yeah. And we started to talk about it a little bit, but yeah, not not too much. And then from a simple, like just evocative, I just think the sand tables are fun. Like I just- You like your Etch-A-Sketch. I like the Etch-A-Sketch. I do. Like I was always bad at them. I was never good, but I think- it, I think it's just an easy thing and it fits again from a world building perspective. Like you can imagine yourself in a earthen hut somewhere, right? Like in the earth realm and yeah. then suddenly. Yeah. And it just starts showing up. I think that's really fun. All right. Well, that's what's stuck for us. Let us know what's stuck for you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>